Boy, this, this is a, the moment of testing here. Last week, Jesus really laid, laid it on the line about, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood, and people are getting more and more upset in that reading as they hear him go from, I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. That was bad enough. They said, he's from Nazareth, and he says he's coming down from heaven like bread. We knew his mother and father. That was last week, you know. Uh, now he's, he goes on and says, I really mean it. You must eat my flesh and drink my blood. Never mind that the Jewish law did not permit them to drink the blood of unstrangled animals, you know, like a juicy steak, for example. That would be an example of something an Orthodox Jew would not be able to eat because the blood has still been there. So they're listening to him. He's a lawbreaker. He, he's, he's out of his mind. He, he's going to cannibalism this and the early church they they regularly the romans let leveled this against the early christians they are cannibals that tells you right there they meant what they said this is my body and blood word got out they didn't understand these people don't understand it's the moment of truth jesus they come to this point and suddenly they have to make a choice without knowing what jesus is doing I thought last night I had to change this a little bit because last night was so interesting. I did, I've, um, I've um, installed a pastor when I was back in Tillamook. I was a vicar. I can't remember who it was or when it was, and neither did anybody else, you know. But, but it was, it was uh, I, I think it, just as an aside, I, I knew God was with us that evening. When I came home, I kind of asked some questions of God myself. I said, so you, were, you showed me you were with me, and then you do this to my congregation. You know, I could have come back if I'd known this. Nobody was here. But, I, you know, my, I think I've mentioned you, my, my birth certificate, my baptismal name is Carrie. And then my grandparents switched it to Gary. Gary's a nickname. Never in my life in 60 years have I run into another Carrie. So I get in there, and the, this Father Manuel's friend is uh, who came also another vicar. That's why I say he could have installed him if I'd known. You know, he says, oh, I'm Father Carey. I said, really? I said, well, I'm Father Carey. I just go by Gary. So we had two of us. And then the director of music came in and said, hi, uh, I'm Carey. <laughs> so all three of us were kind of going, there's a trinity of Careys in, in, in the sacristy right now. So I thought... You know, it's the Lord's way of kind of winking at you and saying, you know, uh, I'm the one that named you and not your parents. I've got a new name. It was one of those kind of moments where you realize God is there for Father Manuel and, and everything went real well, real well for Manuel. And uh, some of our prisoners were there to snoop and check it out since I'd mentioned I was going to be over there. I caught all the snoopers out there while I was. And they said, do you want to just go home? Uh, you can, some vicars just leave. And I said, no, we're covered. I'll just stay. And it's, it's rude to leave ap- right after my little bit. I come home and find that you were stood up. And I said, Lord, I do not understand. There were at least 10 ways in which I could have been notified, starting with anybody calling the emergency line, um, when they saw nobody was here for confession. It didn't anybody occur to anybody might be dead in my bed over there last night? <laughs> so much for you all care for me, huh? I might have been over there, God only knows, and... Everybody just goes, oh, okay, well, we're off the hook tonight. But this is exactly what happens. That's a trivial example of how Jesus, everything's going well. We're praying. Every time we pray, it's as if Jesus is sitting next to us. We're serving the church at the community dinner, or God knows what, and, and we, we know that we're, we see Jesus in everyone, and, 
and we tithe and, and our, our investments are doing well and our family comes to church and then suddenly somebody dies or we, we pray and we don't get an answer. Prayer is dry. Uh, the world situation is going the opposite of what I think it should go. The church has a catastrophe like last week and, and suddenly, or a mini one like we had the first time in 21 years I've ever had a priest stand me up and it had to be Saturday night, right? So you ask God, what kind of plan do you have anyway? What answer did I get? I'll tell you later. <laughs> Haven't you been there? Yeah, you know, this, is, this story is our life. If we walk with Jesus, there's going to come a time when he's going to send us out in the boat, uh, so to speak, in the wind, and the boat's nearly going to sink, and where is he? You know? Or these people, they, heard, they followed him all around the lake, he did miracles like you wouldn't believe. He was spellbinding in his teaching. He uh, fed them when they obviously there was no food in the middle of nowhere. He, they had more food after it was over than they had at the beginning. They wanted to make him king. So that's the background. We've heard this for five weeks now. And then he turns them and lays this very difficult teaching on them. He says, so you want to follow me, do you? I'm also God, and I don't have to answer to anybody. And I'm going to not always answer your questions. Will you still believe me when I don't answer? When it looks like I don't, I'm asleep at the switch? When I'm not doing what you want? Will you follow me when it's not fun and not easy? When it's difficult? When I'm leading you to a cross, and maybe you'll even have to go on it? Usually we don't. We usually escape these things, but there's always one. And that's where the test comes. We're in life only for a brief period. We are here for a moment. We have to have this test. It has to come. Otherwise, we have no dignity in heaven before God if I haven't gone through something for God. He won't ask more than we can do, but it can get awful close. And this very poignant line here in John 6 is one that comes to me over and over again. As a result of this, many of his disciples returned to their former way of life and followed him no more. And these 12, he's talking right to Judas in the middle of this. Notice that. There's the, the Judas line again. And he says, are you going to leave too? Well, Judas is. They all are. They're all going to betray him, every single one of them. And he doesn't explain himself until the Last Supper. So they've got to go maybe two years now without, in the back of their mind, yeah, but what about that cannibal teaching, you know? I had an interesting reading. I wanted to share this with you. When I went to, back in Memorial Day, I did a wedding for General Hokinson's son, Danny, Dan Hokinson. He was, uh, used to be a parishioner here for many years. Some of you know him. And I thought, I had this little book by an admiral. I thought a little military reading on the way to a bunch of generals or something might be good for me. So I read this book called Make Your Bed by this Admiral William McRaven. And it's all about what you have to go through to be a Navy SEAL. If you may remember, the SEALs were the group that, that, um, that found Osama bin Laden right in, the middle of, right in the middle of, you know, they had to come in and go out and they risked their lives. And, and they do, they've done all these incredible um, military feats. And it is a really elite group. And he explained how uh, the tests are so severe in this that most of them don't make it you know I won't go into all the different tests but it's it's very interesting he finally 
he himself, the admiral, said he nearly gave up at one point. And uh, he, his instructor, who had been very, very mean to him at one point, he looked up from his prepared talk as they were nearing the end of their 10 to 15 different incredible tests, like such as being dumped in cold water full of sharks and having to swim to the shore. That's, that's one of the easier ones. He says, if you quit, you, you Navy SEAL in training, you will regret this for the rest of your life. Quitting never made anything easier. You know, when I got hired for American Airlines, which is not like being a Navy SEAL, but I had to spend six weeks in Dallas in a, in a, in a common dorm with six guys, one of whom smoked all night. My class was from, from uh, 4 o'clock to midnight, nothing but computer language stuff. I thought I was going to lose my mind, and the only reason I didn't quit is because I didn't want to move in with my mother again. <laughs> I wanted to quit that job so bad. <laughs> Money, travel benefits, and my mother. I owe it all to those three things. But God was right. And as a matter of fact, it went over Holy Week, that, that training. I was very upset about that. Um, but I think that it was, it was a moment of truth. I'm, I made up my mind at that moment. I said, whatever I jump into, if it's serious, I'm never going to quit. I'm going to do all I can to keep going. You know, uh, quitting doesn't get us anywhere. And it, Christ is going to lead us to some really tough situations. And, uh, you know, it always turns out best in the end. But this is the, it has all the hallmarks of the Lord, especially what happened even in the parish last night. Is that It's funny, he made it quite clear to me that I was in the right place at the right time to be over at St. Vincent. It was, just, it was an interesting moment for all of us there. And uh, it, it, just Father Manuel starting out, God knows how long he'll be there, you know. Um, but then there was the test on the, on the flip side of the record, so to speak. And that's another hallmark of God, to be so close that you can almost see God walking in the room and then to be so far, where are you? Why did you do this? And to get no answer, I'll tell you later. And they're both part of the spiritual journey. We're not just going to have a, a, a road filled with flowers and, and skipping along in the sunshine. We've got, we've got a lot to go through here. And uh, Jesus just, just lays it out for us here the Eucharist being one of the most difficult things for people to believe. But he made it clear. He meant what he said. This is my body. This is my blood. And you too are then called to sacrifice yourselves like he did, sometimes without knowing what the outcome is going to be. That's an open-ended commitment, which we call a covenant. The covenant of marriage that we try to make work, the covenant of priesthood most of us try to make work, and the covenant with our Lord that he tries everyone that comes to him. And so we thank God for his great grace, his spirit, his life, and his body and blood that he sacrificed for us.